Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It's 106 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now brought to you by our title sponsor Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex dot Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and software. Uh, we're going to head off momentarily to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline. I will tell you that uh, Brian Burke is set to join us for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. But before we do, we're going to go to our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 7804960063. Ashley Fine Floors, floors strong enough for every mini sticks tournament. All right. Here we go because we've struck a nerve with this issue. I and some of you are seeing it maybe as the host does a little bit on this show. Uh, and again, you can text us 7804960063. Bob, we pay 14 bucks a beer and $200 for a decent set of uh, seats uh, per seat so teams south of the border can give them away and sign out stars. If nothing else, there needs to be an even playing field. Salary should be based on the clear money. So if $8 million per in Florida is equivalent to $11 million in Alberta, the Alberta team should be able to go over the cap uh, to the equivalent money or vice versa. And this obviously in relation to the fact that if you look today, and, uh, and it's it's not true dollars because they're carrying the Marion Hosa contract, but if you go right now to Cap Friendly at the top of the food chain is the Arizona Coyotes. And as Brian Lawton attested to yesterday, we conservatively pegged it at, what, 150 to $200 million in revenue sharing over the last uh, 10 years. Now, Brian Burke has managed in Canada uh, for some of the wealthiest organization, maybe the wealthiest organization in the league. Uh, I don't think he's ever been a part of a team. Well, he wasn't in Calgary when they got the Canadian Assistance Program, but let's get his thoughts. Brian, welcome back to our show. How are you doing? How are you? Good. Does revenue sharing work? Is this working right now? Because you can see it one of two ways. Uh, when Arizona, a team that's been challenged uh, financially for a number of years, can step up and in a calendar year land Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall in trades. Well, people have short memories. Uh... Yep. Are you there, Brian? Did we lose Brian already? Brendan, can you see if you can negotiate contact with Brian? I think he was going to talk about the Canadian Assistance Program. Uh... <laughs> wow. 
This text comes in saying from KDK says, Bob, I don't care so much about revenue sharing because as long as the league is successful holistically, the product uh, will be strong. Team revenue is somewhat variable and can fluctuate based on team year by year. It'd be hard to adjust these rules accordingly. However, I have a huge issue with the NHL's hard cap and it benefit it provides to all American teams and the additional advantages of specific teams in tax-friendly states. Uh, there's uh, KDK. I believe we have Brian. Brian, you were going to say people have short memories because of the Canadian Assistance Program, right? Yeah. Well, not only that, but there's at least two Canadian teams that received revenue sharing last year. So it's not all money going south of the border. So Ottawa and, Ottawa and Calgary or Ottawa and Vancouver? Who got it? Ottawa and Calgary, I believe. Okay. So it's not the, the, the revenue sharing plan the league has, and, and Edmonton is writing large checks to the revenue sharing plan with the new arena and with their ticket prices. But the fact of the matter is, the Canadian teams, it's based on uh, how much revenue you generate in, you know, in, in mixed dollars. Yep. And if you qualify. So to me, the revenue sharing and what teams receive from each other is different from what the cap number should be if it could be affected by local taxes or lack of state taxes. That second argument has some merit in my mind that, that they shouldn't be Canadian teams shouldn't be penalized because uh, they have a different tax structure. I'm not sure how that would fly with the NHLPA or the NHL. Right. You know, you, you raised it with me for the first time a couple of weeks ago that it should be based on take-home dollars. Right. Uh, I'd have time to look at that argument and think about it. Well, look, the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, I believe they they are the uh, that team is in the most heavily taxed jurisdiction in Canada. Right, they they pay. Yep. I know that when Jerry Johansson was doing the Lucic deal, that I believe Montreal's offer was above Edmonton's offer for Milan, uh, but you also have to factor in the actual net on it as well. And you look at Florida and uh, Florida and Texas; they they do not have state tax. Is that correct? Florida doesn't. I'm not sure about that, but like Nevada does. Like Las Vegas plays in a a state with no state income tax, and it's a significant difference. It's yeah. It, there's a big difference between a guy who plays in Florida and then plays in New York City or, or New Jersey or for the Islanders. Very yeah. big difference. Yeah, it's it's a it's a and then I mean I don't even know if the most of the listeners know this. You actually Nashville Nashville taxes players for the day that they're there. The visiting players they play a yeah, performance. A performance. There's like there's six states that do that. Uh, my or when, when I used to be actively involved with teams. We had to file tax returns. California withholds on a daily basis for visiting artists and athletes as well. So you get a credit for the tax paid. It doesn't increase the tax burden on the player. It just means he's got to file six states' tax returns. It costs him about a thousand bucks in accounting fees. It doesn't cost them additional dollars. Okay, good stuff to know. All right, give me uh, look. You've been a, you've been a manager. You've been in those roles. You've assisted Brad when you know technically you rep- Brad reported to you. You hired Brad. Uh, Take me through, like, with Taylor Hall as an example. When you have a player like that, how challenging is it? You want to, you know, everybody wants to always be in on everything, but sometimes teams are in different places and maybe shouldn't get involved. Give me your take on how challenging that is from a manager's perspective to know when to jump into the fray and step up and go get a player of that ilk. Well, I think what you do is you call and find out what the price tag is. And what the price you're willing to pay should be very different depending on what stage your team is at. I'm actually puzzled why Arizona did it, because I don't think it gets them to equal uh, St. Louis or Dallas or, or uh, Colorado. 
Okay. So I'm curious why they pay that high a price and not step up in class. No, they're having a good year. He's a good player. I like him. You guys know him better than I do. Right. Um, so they're a better team now. So you could say that makes sense, but it reeks of new owner to me. It reeks of new owner wanting to make a splash. So um, I'm sure what Kenny Holland did, well, I know what he did, because I, I know from talking to uh, Ray Shiro, he said, you know, they hear the teams are running on it, and Kenny looked at it and said, no, nope, that's not a price I'm willing to pay, not even close to that, but got a sense of it. And, and Brad Trolling did the same thing a couple hours south of you guys. Right. But it's a tricky one. So you think there might have been some owner? Were you ever pressured by ownership in your various stints as a manager? Pressured, not so much, but suggest you know, like certainly suggested that things be done. I mean, no, never pressured to do something to the point where I felt I would have had to say something because at that point you might as well resign. If the owner's telling you what to do, but you know, pressure that he thinks it's a good idea or or that they would like to explore this or whatever. But at the end of the day, no, not. I mean, someone might say, "Isn't this a good idea?" Right. But no, no one ever say, "Pick up the phone and see, you know, see what we can do here." How uh, how many times were you a part of an ownership change when you were already the existing manager? Uh, the team got sold in Vancouver. I got huffed. Yep. Team team got sold in Toronto. I got huffed. That's it. So there you go. <laughs> so in other words, it happens, is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's no different. Like, you know what? A, a new owner comes in, takes over. Like, we got listeners right now driving around town in, in Edmonton and northern Alberta listening in, in their offices. You, you know, there's an ownership change. New boss comes in. First guy goes as the the, uh, the former CEO. You know, the CEO that was there. The second guy that goes as the CFO, right? So you're the CEO and you're the general manager in hockey. That's kind of how it works, right? Yeah, and I have no problem with that. Someone just spent, you know, $250 million on a team or... 650 US in Seattle they kind of have the right to pick the people they want to run the run the show so I, I I didn't have a problem with it either place the only thing that disappointed me was when I got into it in Vancouver I asked John McCaw who was my owner I said are, are there any plans to sell this team and he said none by my second contract by the end of my third year there they put a clause in my contract that I would get a bonus if the team were sold so I said, what happened to this? I'm never going to sell it. And what happened was I think John fell in love with his second wife, and she's lovely, and he just wanted to spend more time in L.A. So, again, no hard feeling. I get it. I'm, I'm not upset about either either firing or in Vancouver. It was just a non-renewal. But in Toronto, I really pressed them. There was the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund that hired me. And in the interview, I asked them a half dozen times, is there any chance this team is going to get sold? During my five-year contract, I signed a five-and-a-half-year contract, and they're like, uh, or six-year deal. And um, I said, is there any chance? Are you talking to anyone? Have you received unsolicited offers? And they were like, there's no chance. It's immensely profitable. We're going to be in this business forever. And within three years, they were entertaining offers. So as I said at my press conference, i got to pick better if I go back to a team again. I'm not planning on it now. Yeah. But i got to learn to pick owners better. You know, I worked for the Samuelis and in uh, Anaheim, and they're just, it was like a dream working for them. They were just amazing people. Right. We're joined right now, and you want to stand like up there as well in 2007. By the way, I saw Chris Bronger yesterday. Oh, yeah? Was he grumpy? No, well, we have a love-hate relationship. He loves to hate me, so it's a perfect, it's it's kind of like my relationship at home, you know, like with my wife. She loves to <laughs> hate me, too. <laughs> I know you would find that surprising. Oh, Chris. He's, he's, a, he's a grumpy He's a miserable, grumpy teammate, boy. He's just sour all the time, but 
his teammates loved him because when the game started, he was just as sour. Yeah. So they, they loved him. I remember with you guys, you'd remember this. Like, Chris Barch is a tough kid. And yeah. he pulled, you guys had a five-on-five five line dance going on, and he separated Birch from the, uh, and by this point, he's in his 30s. Like, he isn't like he was when he was 21, 22, and he filled Birch in. And I was like, yeah. wow, he can still do it when he wants to. So, yep. oh, yeah. Uh, and by the way, Brian, in game, as good as he played for you in Anaheim in the cup year, and I mentioned this to Chris yesterday because we were having a conversation with Ken Holland, game five against Detroit for Edmonton, was yeah. the best any Oiler player my skater has played, uh, at least defensively. Like he would just he, he played the whole game in the it was unbelievable. Just the management of the puck, he could have played the game in the rocking chair. He was just fantastic. Well, he, he, he played that whole run that you guys had to the finals. He was fantastic. He was unbelievable. He was the best Oiler player from Gretzky to McDavid. Like he yeah. and he was only here the one year. And Mark Messier won. Well, I maybe could argue Mark Messier because he won the Hart Trophy in 1990. But all right, uh, let's uh, switch uh, focus to uh, a couple of different areas. Hey, aren't you the guy that pushed for the uh, the holiday freeze? Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually had my own. You had your own, and then you convinced your 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 various management uh, brethren to uh, do something similar, right? No, the league the league had a freeze in, but it's only like five or six days. I, I think it starts tonight. Okay. So it's, what's that, seven days? Yep. So if you're a kid from Switzerland and you want to fly your parents over and you have to wait till tonight at midnight to book the flights and not worry about getting traded, I mean, it's stupid. So I, I, I packed, it depended on the calendar. One, one year was 10 days. One year was a full 14 days. But I went back just about till somewhere in the first week of December. And then I'd call a team together and say, like, no one's getting traded. We have our own trade freeze here. Nobody's getting traded. And... If there was a guy who had asked for a trade or who were trying to find a better situation for I'd say, you know, by the way, you're excluded from that. But all the other players could relax, and they'd go right right back home and call and book their flights in for their families, and especially the Euros. And uh, I don't think players should get traded at Christmas time unless they want to. And uh, so for me, it was... This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I think it worked out on an average of 17 or 18 days that they had where they didn't have to relax or didn't have to worry about being traded. Uh, I, wanna... I would like to see the league go to that, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. All right. Hey, Brian, I'm going to ask you, and I, 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 I'll provide some of the context to make it easier because I'm throwing this at you. The owners have uh, the story broke, uh, you know, Bob McKenzie from TSN talking about the fact that uh, Ken Holland was in conversations with Rick Kern on Zach Cassian. And he was in conversations with Anton Thun uh, regarding Darnell Nurse. We'll start with Nurse. A lot of our fans think that the Truba, or sorry, the uh, Morrissey deal, eight years at six point two five million, is a comparable for Darnell Nurse. Nurse's camp would suggest that the Truba deal, eight years at eight million, is a uh, comparable deal. What do you think would be, you know, is is that the range six point two five to eight, and how not problem? For, not, not for me. Okay. First, first off, I think most guys feel that Truba's deal was an aberration and overpaid, given 
what he brings offensively. They, okay. Our teams tend to pay for offense. And you've got to be able to defend, but they pay for numbers. So they don't pay for for guys who don't put up numbers. And um, and, and Morrissey, uh, again, and I like Darnell Nurse. I certainly don't want to get in the middle of a contract negotiation fight, but I will tell you this. I will bet this house I'm sitting in in Toronto that if Kenny Holland called Winnipeg and said to Kevin Chevalier, would you trade me Morrissey for Darnell Nurse? He'd get hung up on. Morrissey's a better player. What Darnell brings is he's big and can really skate and he's physical, but he doesn't have the offensive upside that those other guys do. And then Truba, in my mind, that contract's an aberration. Okay. So you're of the belief that Nurse should be happy if he gets the Truba deal at eight years at six point two five million. The Morrissey deal, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, million. sorry, the Morrissey deal, yes. Yeah. yeah, take it take it and and run to the bank. Yeah. I have a feeling that Anton Thun's gonna try to get into the sevens. I just have this sense. Zach Cassian. Um you know, we had Patrick Maroon here a couple years ago, Brian, and it's there's always been, was he offered, was he not offered, was the offer pulled, was it three years, 3.7 million? Now the owners have Zach Cassian, who can skate and is tough and has really pulled his life together and is incredibly popular here in Edmonton. Um, you know, he's not Tom Wilson, I think we can agree on that. You know, does, does, does three years at, say, 3.5, 3.6 million make sense for a, a 30-year-old Zach Cassian next season? I, I that sounds ballpark. Um, I, I I would want to look at some other numbers before I gave you that, and I'd do the same with Darnell out of respect. But um, just you know, acting where you give me three players to compare, um, if that's the going rate for a guy, because what Zach has done is straighten his own life out beautifully. Yep. He he adds a physical presence that they need, and 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 Darnell is physical, but he's a defenseman. And you generally want your toughness to be up front to the, the extent you can. You want your secondary toughness to be on the blue line because you don't want them in the penalty box. Right. So you need a forward like Zach. Like last night, he's got a delayed penalty. He hits Sundquist. It's perfectly clean hit, perfectly legal. Until the whistle blows, you can hit him. That that adds value. That, that shook up the St. Louis bench. Um, and he does chip in on goals. And he does recover pucks when he's on the power play, which isn't that often. So... He's a valuable part of their team. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a priority for them. Final one for you because you've been in the seat. So today, um, Samuel Girard got a fine for a hit yesterday on Alex Dabrinkit, and I thought that should have been a penalty. So when the league finds a player for a hit that's unpenalized, does the official who doesn't make the call, does he re- receive a call from uh, yes. He does. Yeah. I, my, my understanding is when they, when they find a player, I thought it was a – I thought it was a minor penalty at best, but boy, did he get him. Yeah, he got him. And those two fought a couple weeks ago. They don't like each other. They got some history. Yep. And um, so you got history. You got a, It's a little bit late. It's a little, the guy's in an awkward position. Uh, I thought it was a fine, too. I thought it should have been a two-minute penalty. I thought it merited a fine, but not a suspension. I think the league, and again, my son Patrick works in player safety, so I think the league gets most of the player safety stuff right. And my theory is plus or minus one game i don't say a word because i hated it when i did it at the league and someone would say oh they gave chris pronger three games it should have been four i'm like you weren't in the hearing you didn't look at the videotape you didn't do anything so i don't nitpick with them if it's if it's uh if i think it's four and he gets three or five i keep my mouth shut but i do i would say if i thought they should have suspended this player because i've done that before 
and I thought a fine was appropriate, and I thought he should have got a penalty. And, yes, my understanding is in a case like that, the official will be reviewed on that and say, look, next time this happens, you got to assess a penalty. All right, uh, Brian, I'm going to leave you with this because we are in uh, Boxing Day next week. We will not have a live show, but Epstein's mother has texted the show. You recall Epstein's mother from Welcome Back, Connor. And Epstein's mother says, and I quote, Bob, Christmas came early to Oilers now. The best thing that's ever come out of Calgary, Brian Burke added to the show last fall. He's been a great get. So, Brian, you have fans, and you've won over our fan base. So far, well, so, that, good. so, far, that's so good. That's made my day. Thank you for that. That's very kind. All right. Thanks a lot, Brian. Take care. Happy thanks, holidays. Happy, everyone listening, happy holidays, please. And I hope uh, 2020 is a great year for all of us. All right, great stuff. That is Brian Burke. It is 126 in Edmonton. We're going to bang off Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar. I'm going to tell you, some guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South Downtown Northside and Sherwood Park locations. And we are going to head into the injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Brendan Escott, I left you with 38 seconds. Wonderful. That's all I need, and that's a good news uh, for teams around the league. Senators defenseman Nikita Zadorov will miss two to four weeks after blocking a shot against Columbus. Jets forward Andrew Cobb expected out until the end of the month. He hit the IR with an upper body issue. Ducks prospect Troy Terry will miss about 10 weeks of action with a broken bone just below his kneecap. And for the Oilers, it's still Matt Benning sidelined with concussion symptoms. No Sidney Crosby tomorrow for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Bukestead is out. Uh, Hornquist is out, and Dumoulin, who has been the shutdown D against Connor McDavid the last three seasons, out as well. Uh, Oilers in Pittsburgh tomorrow. Oilers in Montreal Saturday. Off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, Eileen Bell. We're going to come back with you on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.